From where do morality and rights come from the atheist perspective? That's what I'm trying to get at today with my guest, evolutionary biologist, Dr. Uh, Colin Wright. This is the second part of our two-part conversation. We'll also be discussing, can the Christian right and atheists link arms when we can't really agree on where our values are actually derived? I think you're going to get a lot out of this. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. So this part of the conversation is going to kind of transition us into the more discussing worldview, Christianity versus atheism. Um, And I'll kind of explain the bridge that I at least see in my mind. But why... It, why can't we say, okay, sex is fixed, fine. You know better than I do, but gender is fluid. And there is such thing as a way to identify according to how you feel, according to how you think. And that really is a spectrum. That really is fluid. Even if you're biologically male or female, we should be able to be, to present as the opposite sex and live is the opposite sex because that is truly how we feel. So why does physical reality matter more than how someone says they sincerely feel in their heart and mind? Yeah, so I think that sex, you know, it matters, but it really only matters in certain contexts. Like, I don't think we should consider someone's sex if we're trying to decide whether they should get a promotion, whether we're going to hire them. Um, you know, there's there's very few aspects in society, I think, where we need to really be vetting people based on their biological sex. It's only in certain areas like sports and, and changing rooms, um, who what prisons you go to, you know, all the things that are currently being debated in society right now. Those are the areas where, you know, it's really important for reasons of safety or, or fairness. Um, so in most contexts, yes, yeah, sex probably shouldn't matter. And I think that a lot of well, what a lot of people are referring to is gender identity is really just a uh, your your self-assessed position along some imaginary spectrum of masculine or feminine stereotypes. Mm-hmm. So most people sort of can conceive of themselves as encompassing varying degrees of stereotypical masculinity or femininity. This isn't really a gender identity. This is just sort of recognizing facts about yourself uh, regarding just the way that you feel. You know, there are some women who are very masculine. There are some men who are naturally very feminine. Um, this doesn't mean they're born in the wrong body. This doesn't mean they have a, a, a gender identity um, of a female if you happen to be male. This just means that you're gender nonconforming. I mean, part of evolutionary biology is that we have variation within and between categories in almost every uh, category in nature. It's natural for men to be effeminate. It's natural for females to be masculine to some degree, even if it's not, you know, uh, typical for their sex. You know, sex atypical atypicality is a thing. Um, this shouldn't be shunned. I think if somebody wants to express themselves in more feminine ways than they're a boy or a man, then they should, you know, by and large, be able to express themselves like this. But we need to be able to keep this this line between you know, how you choose to express yourself and the way that you feel internally and want to wear clothes and makeup to whatever degree um, with your actual biological sex and where in the areas where that that matters, because your gender identity doesn't really matter. I think in any other context, I think most people should just be, 
you know, yeah, you can be a masculine woman or a feminine boy. That's, that's fine. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I think that's just part of natural human variation that we should all sort of just get over. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a real thing. But identity, when it comes to pronouns, when it comes to spaces, when it comes to athletic teams, you believe, as I do, should be in accordance with someone's sex. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you believe, I'm curious, like, do you believe in using someone's preferred pronouns if you know that they're really the opposite sex? So, no. Um, I, I only make an exception for people who are like my my close friends um, who identify as trans and who I know aren't actually delusional about their biological sex. <laughs> so, hmm. I'm friends with Buck Angel, for instance. Buck Angel's the first who's a, a identifies as a trans man, a biological female. Buck is the first person to tell everyone that they're biologically female. They just present as masculine because it helps them, you know, feel better and move through the world uh, appearing this way. Um, so I, I refer to Buck with he him pronouns partly because Buck honestly just looks like a, a man, so it's not like difficult to do. Um, and Buck's my, my good friend. And I know that I'm not participating in a delusion with Buck because Buck is not delusional. Uh, I won't use opposite sex pronouns for children ever. I won't use it, you know, for people I, I don't know. I'll just use their name, uh, things like that. But I do have sort of a, a personal friend exception so long as I know that they're not personally delusional and I'm not participating in a delusion. Okay, so we just revamped our guest room, something that I've been neglecting for the past few years that we've lived in our house. And when I was looking for bedding and looking for nice sheets, I was like, where should I get this? And then I was like, duh, my favorite place to get bedding is obviously Cozy Earth because their sheets are second to none. Amazing quality. Also, I got their blankets. I got a comforter too. Also got a new set of towels. This is how much I genuinely love Cozy Earth and not just because they're an amazing sponsor, but because they make amazing products. Also, they've got amazing pajamas, uh, amazing uh, loungewear too. All of their stuff is so soft, so high quality. It's made from uh, Viscouse, their sheets. So they're temperature regulating, which is really important, especially if you deal with scorching summers like we have. I cannot sleep on sheets that are not my cozy earth sheets. That's how much I love them. I know that you will love them too. Would make a great gift, like a wedding gift or just a gift for yourself and your family. Go to CozyEarth.com slash Allie. Use code Relatable at checkout for 35% off your order. That's an amazing deal. CozyEarth.com slash Allie, code Relatable. CozyEarth.com slash Allie, code Relatable. also if you see a difference between so someone like buck who is a a a female definitely looks male so i agree with you on that but we're not really concerned i think most people aren't really concerned with like the safety and fairness aspect of a female who tries to present as a male you know, going into the men's bathroom or going, you know, trying to compete against men, even though I believe that to be morally wrong to try to gender bend and all of these things. Like, we're not as concerned about men's rights being violated by these women who want to identify as men. So I think it's there's like a little less sympathy, it seems. I mean, even from me, a little less sympathy for even someone who is like, you know what? I know I'm biologically male. 
if they say, I know I'm biologically male, but I still want to present as a woman. And so I am going to go into your bathroom. Like I am going to go into your locker room. I am going to be in your spaces because I mean, it's kind of like Caitlyn Jenner, who I think acknowledges the reality of male and female and even the distinctions and and male female sports, but still considers himself fully a woman and would enter women's spaces like I, I, that is still participating yeah. in a delusion, even if they understand their sex. It's like, well, you're still trying to categorize yourself as something that you're not. And I don't want a man in my spaces. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, I would not support any of, you know, any women or sorry, any of my friends who identify as trans women from entering uh, female spaces. I, I definitely do not support um, Yeah, going into yeah. female spaces uh, if, if they're male. So. Yeah. I totally agree there. I want to transition to a conversation about atheism versus Christianity. And the reason why I ask why, like why is sex more important than how someone identifies? And I think that you've explained it very well from a scientific perspective that identities don't compete, bodies compete. There are things, there are contexts in which like the body is just important and the identity really, the stated identity really doesn't matter. But still, I understand from someone's perspective who kind of how, in my language, I would say sees themselves as God. So sees themselves as the definer and the arbiter of all things. If they say, I really am a woman because what I feel on the inside is authenticity, is, is authentic to who I am, and I get to determine my own truth. I get to determine my own reality. And of course, I am going to go into these spaces that align with how I really truly feel. And this body is just kind of a clump of cells. It's just kind of a bunch of matter. And I get to dress it up and call it whatever I want to because who I really am is how I feel on the inside. Like to me, that is an anti-Christian belief that I can understand from someone who is godless, um, who believes that biology can kind of be dictated by, or like reality can be dictated by how we feel. And so that is like, that's where I'm coming from. At the end of the day, the reason why biology matters, the reason why sex matters is because there is someone who says so, uh, an authority that's higher than me, that's higher than you, that's higher than biology, who says he created us male and female. So it doesn't matter really how you feel. Um, from your perspective, obviously, you're coming from an evolutionary perspective. You don't believe in any kind of intelligent designer. And you've said before, you actually think atheism is an important aspect of this debate, correct? I think it's an important aspect of, of a lot of debates. And, you know, I, I wouldn't know if it's, I wouldn't say it's an important aspect of of this specific debate. I tend to be closer to the, you know, my, my Christian friends because they at least tend to acknowledge the reality of biological sex. We might disagree on uh, how the sexes were created and how we got to the position that we are. Uh, But we, we agree on the the facts and the shared reality that we're staring at um, to to that degree. You know, whereas when I talk to people who are sort of more on the woke side of things, you know, they, they don't even think there's a shared reality. They think the reality is constructed through language, et cetera, et cetera. So I have way more in common with, my Christian friends who believe that, you know, God created man and woman and that's the end of it mm-hmm. than I do with the people who don't even think truth is a real thing uh, mm-hmm. to be that we're looking at. We can't even look at the same thing and agree that we're looking at the same thing. Right. And you responded recently um, to an interview. I think it was between Charlie Kirk and Tucker Carlson. And 
Tucker said, you know, he just doesn't have any tolerance anymore for atheism. He said, my tolerance for atheism has really dwindled to nothing. And um, or I guess maybe this is Charlie Kirk actually saying this, but the idea that people who are completely certain as a matter of religious faith that there's no God, I just find it hilarious and so childish that I can't take it seriously. I can't tell who is actually saying what it was okay tucker yeah it kind of sounds like tucker now that i'm reading it um so and you responded to this saying you know what the right needs more atheism like you don't need to alienate us is kind of what you said we already feel in large part politically homeless so what do you mean by you think kind of the right actually needs more atheism than it has right now yeah so what i don't mean is that I think the people on the right or Christians need to convert to atheism and denounce their God. You know, um, uh, I'm an atheist. I lack the belief in a God. And, you know, I, that's a position I'm willing to defend in conversations. And I think I think it's true. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I want everyone who are on the right to then just, you know, convert and that they need to or any degree uh, or mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I mean is that I think that there are a lot of atheists who are disaffected from the left because I used to be part of the new atheist movement, if you want to call it that, Mm -hmm. um, that was taken over by a lot of the woke ideology. It was kind of a canary in the coal mine for a lot of the the takeover of institutions that we're seeing right now. Atheism was one of the first to fall to this ideology. And me and a lot of other people who were uh, in the movement, including a lot of prominent figures like Richard Dawkins and Steven Pinker, you know, they're very much opposed to that woke takeover um, that happened to that organization. So a lot of us feel politically homeless and we feel more affinity to the values that we see that are over on the right that are shared by many Christians, even though if we're not Christian ourselves. So I guess what my plea, when I say that the right needs more atheism, means that they need to, I think, make their tent large enough where what they're organizing around isn't necessarily saying that you need to believe in the source of of these values that we have. We need to share the same ideas of where these values came from, but rather we should be focusing on, well, first and foremost, do we have shared values? So if we just have a values first requirement to join this coalition, then I think we can then later debate about where these came from, whether that's important. I think that's actually secondary to whether or not we agree on uh, just sort of some core principle values related to free speech, um, you know, uh, sort of freedom, the limits of certain governments. You know, these are the things that I think matter most um, in terms of morality and, and connecting with people than, you know, was this the result of evolution or was this, you know, done by a divine creator? So, um so yeah, I, ho- I think that I hope that makes sense. This is uh, uh, yeah, we need to have a, a values first approach because I find myself having more affinity to the values of of the right than I do with a lot of people on on the left right now. Okay, quick pause to tell you guys about Carly Jean Los Angeles, one of my favorite sponsors because I love their clothing so much. Pretty much every time I say that. 
I uh, every time I'm talking about Carly Jean Los Angeles, I can say, yeah, I'm wearing them right now. The reason why they are a sponsor on this show is because I literally use their products, wear their clothing all of the time. It is an extremely rare occasion that I'm not wearing something that is CJLA. Today, it's head to toe. I'm wearing CJLA shoes, pants, shirt, because it's high quality, because I like how they look, because I like the simple colors and lack of busy patterns, but also because they fit me in every stage of life. Uh, They fit me when I'm pregnant, when I'm postpartum, when I'm not any of those things. They're so versatile. I feel like I can just get a few items that are really nice, mix and match them, and I've got a whole lot of variety in my closet. And that's why they started, to be a capsule clothing company that can simplify your closet and make you feel beautiful in every stage of life. It's also owned by a family that shares the same values that you and I do, so you can feel really good about spending your money at Carly Jean Los Angeles. So go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com, use promo code B at checkout for 25% off your order. That's CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com for 20% off. Sorry about that, 20% off your order. CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com, code B. Do you feel that atheism is like a good antidote to what has become basically a woke religion on the left? I don't think atheism in itself is really, um, it's it's not a moral code. So it's it's just sort of, in in the way I conceive of atheism, it is a, a, a lack of belief in a god or a gods. And then there are other sort of moral worldviews and frameworks that you need to take on to give yourself to give your life uh, meaning for instance um i think that it's probably true that we can peg a lot of the um disillusionment a lot of the radicalism a lot of this embracing of of woke ideology with sort of a decrease in religiosity um but that doesn't mean i think that atheism is therefore needs to be equated with being woke or it's a necessary consequence because there's a lot of atheists who who didn't go that direction um i think a major mishap of new atheism and i'll actually i'll I'll blame dawkins for some of this too because i remember agreeing with dawkins before when he would he would be asked a question like well when you get rid of religion what do you replace it with and i think dawkins i think this is dawkins if it wasn't him i apologize dawkins but he would say something like what do you replace a tumor with when you remove it from, you know, a, a body? You know, just sort of saying, you know, don't need to replace with anything. We just live our lives and read books and poetry and, uh, you know, be in awe at the stars and that type of thing. Um, I think that's probably fundamentally wrong, and that we do need to actually put something in its place and advance uh, a sort of a set of morals and values that we can um, abide abide by that are, are rooted in, in evidence and reason. Um, that create meaning in our lives. I don't know exactly how that would look, but I think that it's possible. And I think that is something that needs to be uh, really focused on among people who are uh, sort of non-believers, because otherwise, you know, that vacuum will be filled by things that, well, like woke ideology, which is they're denying is a religion, but has all of the, uh, all the, the, the hallmarks of being one. 
without any of the forgiveness. Yeah, I think the I think the issue with that. Well, I agree with you. I see what you're saying about okay, we can agree on a certain set of values, a certain set of principles that we're going to uphold, free speech, things like that. That sex is real, and that we it's kind of a secondary debate in your mind about like where do these come from? Why do we believe these things? Like I think it's interesting that you mentioned meaning. Why do they give human mean, beings meaning? Why is it even important to have meaning? Like, what is meaning? All these things, of course, can't be answered by biology. Beauty can't be answered by biology. Morality can't even be answered exclusively by evolution. There is just such a lack of substance for the why of anything. Like the why. Yes, there is biology. Yes, we can agree on the facts. But why and from where does something come? Like without being able to answer that, you do get what is, in my opinion, like very grotesque moral conclusions because human beings don't really have any innate value according to atheism. We aren't, we can't be anything other than clumps of cells and balls of matter. And so it's hard for me to understand like how I would really come together with an atheist and say, yes, this is our set of values. Like what even is a value? if not something that's derived from like a set of principles that's transcendent. And so, yeah, I think that's probably why. I think that's probably why they said what they said and why it's hard for a lot of Christian conservatives on the right to be like, yes, you know, atheism, because we're not coming from the same place. Usually we don't come to the same conclusions either, don't you think? Yeah, I totally agree that often we don't arrive at the same conclusions and I, I would also agree that, you know, there are, there's going to be a wide range of conclusions that atheists come to that are going to be at odds with Christians. But then I would say that there's also a lot of conclusions that atheists would come to that are at a wide disagreement with other atheists. And I think there's a lot of conclusions that Christians would come to that are at odds with a lot of Christians as well. Mm -hmm. I think um, there's aspects of the Bible, I would say, that a lot of Christians tend to ignore that are, mm -hmm. you know, that, that are, that are bad, um, you know, stoning people for homosexuality or trying to take you away from your gods or whatever, things like that. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that are, that are glanced over. And I think they're glanced over because there's been sort of a, a, a give and take with secularism that is sort of, um, sort of attenuated a lot of some of the more extremes that have come from Christianity and Judaism um, and it's sort of, I think it is sort of this, this give and take that we have where the, the ideas that a lot of atheists and a lot of Christians tend to agree on, we agree on them because they sort of point at something that is, that is sort of shared by our common humanity rather than our common belief system. Um, but then, yeah, there's going to be, I, I just want to emphasize the disagreement within and between all of these worldviews and on, on certain important questions as well. I see what you mean. I mean, certainly there's plenty of like deep disagreements within people who um, identify as Christian and who may all say that we believe in the Bible, but different interpretations and things like that. And so I definitely take your point. Okay, another break to tell y'all about Birch Gold. This is the place to go to if you are looking to diversify a portion of your savings into gold, which could be a really great and safe option for you because gold really withstands all of the turbulence in an economy. And if there's anything that we have learned about the United States, especially over the past few years, it's that things are bumpy, things are unpredictable. So you just wanna make sure at least a portion of your savings is secure. People really love working with Bir uh, Birch Gold and they can answer all of your 
your questions. If you have no idea like what it entails to uh, turn, you know, your 401k or an IRA into an IRA in gold, you can ask them about that. And you can get a lot of information just by texting Allie to 989-898. You'll get a free info kit on gold when you do. No obligations. Text Allie to 989-898 for that free info kit on gold. Text Allie to 989-898. Before we end, I, I am I am curious. Like I always ask atheists this. Like, is there really is there really a good and an evil? Like where where does morality come from according to the atheists? Because you do you you have like a moral compass. You believe that there's a right and a wrong. Beyond biology, like you believe that it's wrong for a man to compete against a woman. You use the word unfair. What does unfair even mean? Like where does that come from? Why is it wrong for the person who is most powerful to just beat out everyone else? So like what would be your answer to that? Mine would be a biblical answer. What's your answer for like what is injustice? What is unfairness? How do we determine that? Yeah, it's, a, it's an incredibly complicated question. You know, I think our morality is the product of evolution. Um, I think that we have sort of these moral sentiments that we've had that are useful in different contexts. And um, we're constantly trying to sort of figure out what they are and how they how they shape our view of, of, of right and wrong. Um, I think there are objective standards we can look at in the world about, you know, looking at ourselves and what causes suffering in, in us and extrapolating that to other people and saying, well, you know, I wouldn't want to be, uh, you know, tortured. So, you know, committing torture on someone else is, is, is not good because it's not something that I would want to have done to myself. I think you can recapitulate a lot of uh, sort of Christian rules, like the golden rule from, yeah. from secular principles. But I, I ultimately, you know, I don't tend to look in the world in terms of of good and evil, I can see where people get those ideas. And I can see really bad things that I think are happening where I would say, you know, that a Christian might call evil. And I would say this is just a deeply disturbed human being who has no uh, uh, sense of of suffering in others. They, they have no empathy, no sympathy. Um, and explain it in terms of just sort of, you know, the way I would look at a great white shark or a grizzly bear who's attacking someone where there's something wrong with their brain that's causing them to wreak havoc on society and they should therefore be jailed uh, because they they do that. I, I think there's some there could there's some negative aspects of looking at the world, I think, in terms of, of good and evil, because I think that, that can contribute to a lot of tribalism of, you know, if, if you're just going to mark certain people as they're just evil these people are just good. That that sort of black and white thinking, I think, can can lead to a lot of atrocities being committed where it's just like these people are just irredeemably evil. Um, that's all we need to, you know, stop our investigation there. Um, whereas I think, you know, a more nuanced take would be to look at people who are to say that a lot of the battles we're doing is sort of a battle between good and good to a lot of <laughs> a lot uh, to, to a large degree where people who are just confused about what the best outcomes are or being misled by people. Um, again, it's, it's enormously complicated. I don't have a very elevator pitch for you of, 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 you know, the, the complete basis of our morality, but, uh, it's, it's definitely something that can be negotiated and talked about. And I think it's kind of doing that secular moral philosophy is an important part of, 
uh, of, of being a good person, you know, trying to justify uh, the reasons that you have for doing things and not doing things. Hmm. It's so interesting. Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate you sharing that. Um, it, you know, like atheists, I, I, I hear you use like a lot of moral language, empathy, sympathy, good person, things like that. Treat other people how you want to be treated. I don't know that there is necessarily an evolutionary answer for that. Um, of course, I would say that it's been written on our hearts as people who are made in the image of God is that we want justice. Like we inherently see something wrong when the big guy is picking on the little guy. Of course, you could argue that evolution has been the big guy picking on the little guy. And that's why those of us who are here are here. And yet we don't like that. When we see that today, like there are laws against that kind of thing. Like we don't like that kind of victimization. I would say that it's because we're created by that. And I know that atheists really try to grapple with, you know, living a good life and wanting to be moral, not realizing that they've adopted all of their morality, I think, from Christianity. But I like I would just just to say, just for the people listening, is that Christianity does not believe that anyone is irredeem- irredeemably evil or that there are people over here who are always good, people over here who are always bad. Maybe there are people who purport to believe that, but that's not what Christianity teaches. We believe that everyone is evil, actually. Like everyone is sinful. Everyone is in need of a savior, that the only one that is perfectly good, that is God. And that's why we believe in Christ. We believe in the ultimate sacrifice who paid for our imperfections, who paid for our sins, who reconciled us to a holy God, who made us righteous and made us holy. And like Christians should have the utmost humility because we believe that we understand just how hopeless and just how fallen all of us are. And that everyone, like God can redeem absolutely anyone, I should say, through the blood of Christ. That's what Christians Christians believe, not that any one group is evil over the other. And then I would also say, but we do believe in a standard. We believe that there is evil and that there is wrong and that there is good, that stealing bread from the bakery is wrong. Maybe it doesn't hurt anyone. Like maybe that bakery is fine, but it is wrong because there is a moral law that is written on our hearts. And that's why laws exist. If there was no like greater moral law than Anarchy would be completely justified. I think it would just be survival of the fittest. So that's my take on it. Um, but I appreciate the fact that we can link arms on something as important as sex. I'm very, I'm very thankful for you that you are like tackling this from the biological perspective. For some people, that's the only perspective that they're willing to hear. And you're speaking up about it, even at great cost to you. So I really appreciate that. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate what you're doing too. And I enjoy having these conversations. You know, part of me being sort of excommunicated from the left has got me a lot closer to people who are on the right and people I would never have had sort of these conversations with. Um, And it's just been an incredibly humanizing experience, uh, just talking to a lot of people and connecting in ways that I uh, never thought I could before. So thank you. And I I include this conversation as as part of that as well. So thank you so much. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Wright. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Thank you. Okay, this one is for all of the small business owners who listen to Relatable. I have an amazing service for you with a really incredible deal. So if you are a business owner, you know how important managing HR is. It's not something that you can let go by the wayside compliance, onboarding terminations, different kinds of employee issues that you need to deal with. You can't just ignore those, but you also didn't start your business to spend 
all of your time on HR. So you need an HR manager. But maybe at this point in your business, you can't afford to pay someone $80,000 a year to be a full-time HR person. That's why you need Bambi. Bambi gives you a dedicated virtual HR manager. They're a U.S.-based person dedicated to your business, giving you access to all the HR expertise and personal touch that you need. They're available by phone, email, real-time chat, so onboarding terminations run smoothly. Team members can reach peak performance and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And this is all This is all for just $99 a month. That is absolutely incredible. So this is a great service. It ensures that this part of your business is taken care of. You're not wasting your time on it, but you're also not wasting money that you don't have on a full-time HR manager. So go to Bambi.com, type in Relatable under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. B-A-M-B-E-E.com, type in Relatable. Bambi.com, type in Relatable. Hey, Relatabells and Relatabros, if you could please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to Relatable, that would mean so much to us and it really does help the show. Also, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do. Thanks. Thanks.